The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. My powers have doubled since the last time we met Count. Hey! Suffering. Death! dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's jealous. He's holding me back. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Aren't the droids we're looking for? Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. Do my only help. Hello there. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. I, 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 Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, Jedi, Sith, Mandalorians, and all you others in the galaxy far, far away to another edition of the New Force Order. Podcast. We are a Star Wars podcast. If you do not know that by now, well, there's no hope for you. And Doc, for those people who do not, N O T, not K N O T, have hope, what can they not? N-O-T, do. They cannot build rebellions. Because rebellions are built on hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Rebellions are built on hope. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. McMahon. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, it's been some time since we've graced you with our sexy voices. But we've been busy. And um, we didn't want to just throw stuff together. We wanted to come to you with a nice action-packed show and we have one for you tonight but first allow me to introduce myself i am one half of the greatest tag team champions in star wars podcasting multi-time champion in a galaxy far far away current champion in two different promotions I am a professional wrestler, the Alpha and Omega of pro wrestling, the Greek god, Papa Don, a.k.a. your boy, GGP. But I'm also a Star Wars aficionado. And alongside is my tag team partner, the man who gives a new meaning to the word hot tag. He is the guy with the kung fu grip who has every action figure in all the parsecs, in all the galaxies, in all the solar systems. He is definitely the toy universal champion of the world. Introduce yourself, sir. I am smarter than 2-1B, more technical than FX7, the god of steel and thunder. Ah! And the guy who 
ah, ah, and the guy who realized that not only was Christopher Lloyd in the Mandalorian, he was also the man in the DeLorean, Dr. Destroyo, Alex Arroyo. Well played, sir. Oh, a little play on words. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, what was the last episode we talked about? We didn't talk about this episode with Lizzo, did we? Oh, we did not talk about the episode with Lizzo, no. So let's talk about episode six, chapter, what is it, 22? Who the hell knows? Did we talk about the one prior to that one? I don't even remember. What do we leave off on? I don't know. CTE. Uh, exactly, yes, exactly. the wrong guy. Did you like yeah. the episode with Jack Black and Lizzo? Uh, I, d- I really did not, honestly. I know, and I know you did, but it, it, it was it was a little too campy for me. It was a little too love Bodie for me, where they have all these crazy guest stars for no apparent reason other than the fact that they got to get people on for you know they got to get their shit in. Um, I felt like I was on the Indies for a few minutes there. Um. I don't mind Jack Black so much because it's Jack Black, and you know, usually whatever he's in, he's pretty fucking. Is that good. because his name rhymes? Well, it's one of those things. It's like that, uh, you know, that Stanley thing where he made everybody's name uh, uh, rhyme somewhat or have the same initials. Um, Peter Parker, Reed Richards, Bruce Banner, Rockhawk. Hello. Oh, hello. Um, but the whole, I mean, Lizzo. Like, we needed Lizzo. Like, really, honestly. And again, side quest mission. Didn't have anything to do with anything else. The robots are cool. Seeing the battle droids is cool, but then again, it's like, what are we, what are we doing here? Why? It last five cool... minutes. Last five minutes is okay. Okay. But well, it was a cool episode. If it was the Clone Wars. Yes. If it was a nice filler episode for a twenty-two episode series, I think it would have been nice. Um. What's the deal with this Lizzo girl? Why does so? Why is she getting so much hate? Why is she getting so much hate? Because, um, I don't know. People don't like fat people. I have no clue. Um, uh, I don't know. Does she deserve to be in Star Wars because she's famous? That's true. She said her dad was a big Star Wars fan. Okay, so is mine. Sign me up, Filoni. Yes, me too. Um, okay. I, it, it just felt like to me that, oh, you like Star Wars? You're famous. You're on. Uh, that was weird. So, episode seven. Did you like episode seven? Episode seven was the one directly after that one, which yeah, was... the most recent one. Oh, the, that was the most recent one. Oh, spies is fucking ridiculous. Probably <laughs> one of the best episodes I've seen in the Mandalorian ever. Had a couple of holes in it that I was like, Meh, all right, that doesn't make much sense, but okay, I'll take it. Like but, what? Like the fact that <clears throat> these new super stormtroopers roll down. And they're like, I have best karma. But meanwhile, they fucking get taken out like jabronis, like the regular stormtroopers do anyway. It's like, did I, you know, I would have felt better if they would have like, well, they don't have best car armors. That's why they're getting fucking shot up like, like bitches. But no, they have best car armors, yet they're still getting destroyed like uh, in two seconds. So I don't know. That didn't, that didn't make so much sense to me. If they were so powerful with their best car armor, how come they got dispatched so quickly? Okay. Maybe because they're not good fighters. Like the Mandalorian, still got Besco armor on though. I mean, it should deflect most of most of the blaster fire. We've seen Mando no, take it. a shit ton of shots in the last twenty-two episodes, twenty-three episodes for Christ's sake, and he's still standing. These guys take one shot, they're, and they're taking, they're taking the powder, shit can all over the place. All right, tell me how you really feel. Um, okay, cool. What else? Anything else? Um, I thought the standoff that they had with with those guys is pretty cool. In the in the cave over there, the how uh, Moff Gideon set it up. Which what what popped me fucking insane was when he rolls up in his 
Boba Fett mixed with Darth Maul mixed with Darth Vader fucking armor. And he's just like, he just flexes on everybody. He got the horns on his fucking head. He's sitting up there and he's like, y'all bitches are dead. I'm just letting you know. And for one split second, I thought they were going to kill the Mandalorian at that point. Yes. I was like, oh, if they kill Mando right now, oh, because all that Pascal shit that's been going on with stuff and all the Bo-Katan stuff. And I was like, oh, oh they didn't know. But so, which so, was pretty, what was, had me scared for one second. Do you think they let this shit leak out on purpose? It's fake news just to get you thinking it's going to go down. So you get emotionally attached to the scene. That's good booking that's, right there. That's, that's, that's really CIA booking. booking right there. Yes, you know, that is FBI, CIA, CIA shit right uh, there. Oh, I got it. I, uh, I knew you look, were talking about the full, the full blooded Italians. No. Um, Shout out to Big sure. Sal. Dope. Dope. Insanely dope. I thought it was great. Now, um, who do you think is the spy? Besides well, well, the chick who looks... Uh, spies, right? So this episode called Spies, yeah, well, the, not just spies, spy. the, the first one, The first one is the one who's working for the New Republic. What's your Correct. name? So who's the second yes. spy? Who's the second spy? So there's a lot of uh, speculation. We need Scooby doing so. the mystery gang on this exactly, one, folks. Exactly, exactly. I wish. Give me some Velma. Give me some Daphne, baby. Um, Together. A lot of speculation naked about who that second spy is. All right, so so who who decided to take uh, to take the uh, the exit stage left to go uh, bring back the uh, injured passengers so they could be okay? It was the armorer, right? The armorer did that. Um, that horny bitch. Yeah, exactly. Which is interestingly enough, and a lot of people are saying maybe she is the second spy in this episode, and she's reporting to Moff Gideon or whoever's in control of what's happening right now uh, for whatever reason, which would be quite the twist, actually, um, because... Um, you know, she's been in The Mandalorian's episode one, and she's been integral in The Mandalorian's, uh, you know, resurgence and the rise and them coming back to power and all this other shit like this. So um, it would be quite a twist, but does it make a lot of sense if she is? There'd have to be some real motivation behind that for her to be that person uh, that's going to betray, you know, her coven over there and, and a covert and figure it out. And what motivation would she have for that? So let's see. She potentially sees Din Djarin and Bo-Katan as, um, as, as you know, blocking her ability to lead the covert. So she makes a deal with Gideon and or Thrawn, which, by the way, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, will she be the one who will step up and then be the leader of the, and then, then be the Mandalore? That's about all the credence I can give to that spy as the armorer theory, I think, is that if she realized they're too powerful, realized they're going to take over, and she still wants to be the leader, that she needs to get rid of them. What do you think? I think it's intentionally set up for people to think it's her. But this is where I, I rewatched the episode yesterday, and I went, yep. Oh, my favorite line in the episode and my favorite scene. You're going to think I'm nuts. Bo-Katan goes to him, to uh, Giancarlo Esposito, Moff Gideon. I should have killed you when we had the chance. He goes, Bo-Katan, 
we got to stop meeting like this. I popped huge because you saw the swag in the delivery. And he just laid it down, unzipped his freaking Mandalorian pants, and pulled out his best card. Said, we got to stop meeting like this, homie. Pow! On the table. Right. But here's the deal. He goes to her, give me the dark saber. How? How does he know she has the dark saber? He lost the dark saber to Din. Yeah. So how does he know Bo-Katan has it? Mm. Was, that, who, was that before or after he captured Din? What do you mean? Because Din was kneeling in front of him at one point, so he could look at him and say he didn't. Oh, that's the, after he captured him. Yeah. So point being is, how did he know she, out of all the Mandalorians, had the Darksaber? Mm. And who are the only people that knew she got the Darksaber besides the mercenaries? Yep. Axe Wolves. So I'm not even going to say it's Axe Wolves because he's Greek. But it's too coincidental that he flew out of there. Yeah. And, and that's another misdirect. I think it's Shasha Banks who's the spy. Mm. And the reason why is because when they asked if she was in the season, she downright said, no, I'm not. And she was. And she's there. So I'm, I'm calling yeah. it Sasha Banks okay. is the spy. That's definitely a good, uh, a, a good guess because, um, you know, she is somewhat of a star and then they need to do something with her, I think, to kind of justify her existence on the show. Um, so I think that's a good one. I, I, do, I do not think it's the armor. Um, Plus, but it has, to be, it has to be somebody who has some kind of, you know, some kind of juice. Uh, Plus, if the rumors are true, and KK got her mittens on episode, I mean, on, on season three, and Book of Boba Fett, and all this other shit, of course it's going to be a, a woman that a man has to depend on and push that of feminism course. crap down everyone's throat. Because that's everything, that's, that's where it's going down. But anyway. Well, I mean, yeah, you, you see Din, he's like, uh, I pledge allegiance. Your story has not been written yet. He's giving her all these fucking lines. He, like, totally simps out to her. Because he, he wants to bang her, dude. He's well, seen her with her helmet off. Yeah, I know. He, he he likes redheads. He wants to see if the uh, if the Mandalorian curtains match the Mandalorian drapes. Let me stick my dark saber in your fire bush, baby. Um, anyhow, I want to swim in your what are the waters called? <laughs> the living waters of Mandalore. I want to swim in your living waters. You you think you saw a mythosaur? You haven't seen a mythosaur yet. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the horns on this baby. Uh, we need help. Okay, so a little thing, a little thing happened the other day called Star Wars Celebration. I know Doc did not attend. I did not. Unfortunately, it was in London this year, so uh, oh. I was not tracking my fat ass to London. It wasn't going to happen. Um, no, not after you paid an arm and a leg for fucking getting married. So no, I definitely not. Um, but if you were cool. smart, you would have took your vacation in London, uh, your honeymoon in London. Uh, oh. Oh, see, missed opportunities right there. Babe, we're going to go to London. We're going to look at the Beatles and Star Wars Celebration. What? Nothing. Um, <laughs> oh, by the way, look. look, look I didn't know this was going on. Huh? What, you didn't know this was going on? What a coincidence. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, I packed your slave Leia bikini off yes. just in case. <laughs> yes, it's in the, it was for the honeymoon. Me wanna, me wanna wanga. I want to. I think we have an episode already named Me wanna wanga. By the way, can't have two. Um, a lot of things happened in celebrations, so uh, I think at the top of that list is uh, for me, it's going to be the return of Ray Skywalker. Really? 
you have to call that now. Oh, well, I think God. I think in general, I think, you know, if you want to look at oh. big star, big Star Wars news, no. um, I think that's probably the biggest news that, right. that, that go, came let, up. Let's go down the list. Number All one. Right. Ahsoka trailer. That yeah, was okay. fine. Oh, we, we knew Ahsoka was coming. Yeah, so but, the, but the trailer was spot on. It was great. Oh, amazing. Uh, they dropped the date when Ahsoka's coming out in August. August. Right? Yep. So it's only a few months away, which is great. Uh, three new films were announced. One that's going to be directed. And they were canceled promptly. <laughs> One was announced that is going to take place in the Mandalverse era, the time after Return of the Jedi, which will be directed by Dave Filoni. One is going to be directed by James Mangold, who did Logan, who did Ford versus Ferrari, one of my favorite movies. That movie is phenomenal. I haven't seen it yet. Gotta watch it. Oh my God. You would love it. It's long, but it is awesome. And then, um, he also did the new Indiana Jones film. Hopefully, it's going to be good. Um, he's doing Dawn of the Jedi, which is supposed to be the story of the first Jedi. 25,000 years. 25,000 years. Before Christ. episode four. Then we got Ray movie, which is going to be New Jedi Order. Yep. And... It's going to be 15 years after the sequel trilogy. Yep. And it's going to be directed. It's only age five. It's going to be, a, it's going to be directed by Charmaine Obeyed Chinoy. Yeah. Now, let me get on top of this right here. What she said. This woman is an Oscar winning director. And for, for what? Documentaries. Oh, great. And. She directed two episodes of Miss Marvel. Now I like Miss Marvel. I don't. <laughs> but I heard rumor today that her episodes were a mess, and people had to come in and do reshoots and rewrites and all this other stuff. I don't know how true that is. My problem is this: they gave the, the director, they gave the. I, I can see Kathleen Kennedy giving this director an opportunity because she's a female, mm-hmm. she's from Afghanistan, yeah. and it's something different. Mm-hmm. I don't think this movie's gonna happen. I really don't. Oh, oh, there's no way. I really. This is the movie that, what's his name? Right. Lindelof got fired off of. Ray? Come on. I'm telling you. I, if, if it happens, it, something something's going to happen with this movie. And if it doesn't is come Ray out. Is Daisy Ridley out for this so she could not do anything? No way. Well, someone, I, brought I, a, I, someone brought up a good point. Who was talking about Daisy Ridley a week ago? Nobody. Who was talking about this? Nobody, exactly. So who's talking about Daisy Ridley now? Everybody. It's a good point. Do I agree with it? No, I think she's a phenomenal actress. Do I think that they gave her a good material to work with in the sequel trilogy? No, because they, they, there was no growth for that character, in my opinion. Yep. I want to say she's a Mary Sue, but you can't start off at level 100. Yeah, everything was lateral. It was a whole lateral thing the whole time she was there. She learned nothing. Yeah, very horizontal. Um, then... I'll take it. Yeah, the, the Acolyte trailer was shown. Comes out in 2024. Yes. Um, Andor looks pretty, looks pretty badass. Oh, we got to touch that for a second. Can we touch it now? We'll touch it now. Let's do it. Now, with this thing, I have a feeling it's going to be super woke. We had the lead actress come out. 
talking about my character is a queen in a woman's society because Star Wars is the patriarchy. Yeah, yeah, sure, right. What? You don't even watch Star Wars if that's the case. How are you going to say all that? Star Wars is the... Most of them don't watch Star Wars. The directors are the fucking actors. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I think this whole thing is going to be nothing but wokeness personified. And I think people it's going to turn people off. That's what I think. And I hope I'm wrong. Because I really want to see a Sith point of view episode uh, series. But I really think it's going to be Captain Wokeness to the nth degree. Um, but according to this, they're going to be using practical sets and effects. Um, Andor's first look teaser trailer also came out. Uh, allegedly, Andy Serkis's character Kino Lay lived. He's going to be in season two. Oh, he, Skeleton, he figured how to swim. Yeah, skeleton. Maybe put his floaties on. Skeleton crew. <laughs> the skeleton skeleton crew revealed a cast and crew. Uh, the directors were announced: John Watts, David Lowry, not Mike Lowry from Bad Boys, but David Lowry, the Daniels, who did uh, Here, There, and Everywhere in Between with uh, Short Round, whatever the movie's called. That won all the Oscars. Uh, everywhere awesome, everywhere I want, whatever the hell it's yeah, called. Yeah, whatever. Wacky movie. Great movie. Yeah, wacky. Jackie Schreier, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yes. Mm. Even though that 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 last episode she directed was not great, she did a good job directing. It was very nice visually. Um, Lee Isaac Ching is another director. I think he did my laundry. Yes. Uh, <laughs> too beaucoup. <laughs> a trailer was shown and. Uh, Allegedly, it's coming out in 2023, maybe around Christmas time, after Ahsoka. Now, that was day one. Day two comes out, and I was dead wrong. Lars Mikkelsen is thrown. Yep. You know, I, listen, I figured that was going to happen. Everybody wants to give their own little swerve over here, thinking that they're uh, they're cool and funny when they, when they do this bullshit. Yeah. Tale of the Jedi was announced in season two. Thank God. Kenobi season two is a maybe because according to KK, she goes, it's not an active development at the moment. So I don't know what the issue is, but Boba Fett season two, Kenobi season two, people want it, especially Kenobi. They want to get rid of the taste of Riva. They want to get rid of the taste of Boba Fett season one and wash it away with a banger season two. And I don't understand why they're not coming to the table with it, but that's just me. Something tells me that if they do a, if they do a, a Kenobi season two, we're, they're, they're just going to double down on Reva. They're not going to fucking. I um, hope not. I, I hope, I, I hope not. not either. But you know, I, I that that that's my guess. Again, it's like you know, them dumping all this money into these characters and then us never seeing them again. It's, it's not going to fucking happen. Return of the Jedi back at theaters April twenty eighth. I'm pretty psyched about that. Is there a theater we all can go and watch it? It's possible. I'm definitely taking my little guy. Um, because he's going to take my boys too. Yeah, absolutely. We'll go together. We'll make it an NFL family day. Do it. We'll bring the belts and everything. No, I'm kidding. Um, about the belts. Um, also bad batch final season, AKA season three was announced and a trailer was shown. I should finish watching season two then, right? I think so. I think so, dude. It was really good, especially episode 12. Um, Anything else you want to add as far as toys or anything else? Um, what did they announce uh, toy-wise? There's a few things that kind of popped up. There's some, obviously, Black Series stuff that they always fucking do. Um, they're doing the special Vader for um, for uh, Return of the Jedi where he's like the cover of the of the box art of the poster where he's all like 
has the red flames around him and like he's got like the red reflection, which I've just ordered on um Hasbro. Um they dropped the helmet. Yeah, there's a few helmets they dropped. They dropped the Ahsoka trooper helmet. They also dropped the Bo-Katan helmet, I think. Um one more maybe? I don't know. They dropped the Force Ghosts. Yeah, the Force Ghost three pack with Yoda, Anakin, and uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. There was also I know I bought I bought most of this shit already. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know I fucking spent like six hundred bucks on fucking Hasbro stuff in the last two weeks from the celebration drop. It's crazy. Um, some other fucking bullshit they dropped. I don't even remember. Oh, Java. It was a Java. A, 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 you know the Black Series Java the Hut. There was also a six guards. Scale? Yep. There's also guards. Uh, like four pack of his guards. You know that. You know that one that Luke gives that. That phantom kick too when he kicks in the air. There's that guy, a couple of dudes. Um, it's, it was so, so much fucking stuff. It's ridiculous. A bunch of black series and then a new. They announced the new Bad Batch light wave. I saw that black series, which is basically the repainted wave of the first wave they had, which is great. So you know you get the same figure, just painted differently. They love doing that shit because it saves them money. What do you um, think about the colors on the armor in season two? Uh, it's a little fucking extreme. I, mean, I, I don't like it. The I rainbow. Like the-, the rainbow bunch. I like the gray armor. I thought it added to them. Yeah. And plus, it's also a little more stealth than, you know, walking around with fucking bright orange armor like they're in the middle of the, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're shooting guns with Dick Cheney or something. Um, <laughs> a b- bunch of shit that I've, you know, that, that, that I've purchased. Hunter, Tick, <laughs> Echo. Um, all right. So let's go down the list here of what, what I have in front of me. Uh, Midnight Wind is going to be in season three. That's Fennec Shan of uh, Bad Batch. So is going to be um, Commander Wolf, um, who was in the Clone Wars and Rebels. Uh, Diego Luna says, Tony Gilroy is raising the bar with the scripts for season two. It matter. I fell asleep in season one. He said, uh... He says he's really gonna, really gonna raise the bar. Really gonna keep uh, you awake. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna have to play a lot of clips. So play the clip for that one. How are you doing, sir? I am very good. I am happy. Uh, I am in the middle of shooting, oh. uh, which is great. We were shooting in in Spain, in Valencia, uh, which was very nice. I, I had lovely rices and and wine over the weekends. It was, <laughs> it was a. a yeah, it's it's beautiful to be shooting with this team, you know. Sure, I want to ask specifically uh, in the footage that we saw. Yeah, there uh, it seems to be like uh, that you're going undercover in season two on on, on some. <laughs> you're missions. sharp. I was like, no, I give credit to Maggie. Oh, yeah. you did it. Yeah, Maggie. <laughs> My God, you are Maggie. <laughs> I'm so glad to meet you. Thank you for all the lovely things you said about the show and all the support you gave us. I appreciate that very much. Yeah, it was it was very nice to to follow your your uh, how do you say um, your emo- no emocionada your excitement for the show. It was, it meant a lot to us. Yeah. So getting back to the sorry, to, you know, it's fine. I, I, Maggie's going to be very happy now. I want. She Maggie should happy. be. Oh, she yeah. should be because uh, we do we do get to read you. I mean. Oh no, Tony's made it very clear. Yeah. Uh, but I want to know. So season two footage, we oh, see so, yeah. what, what appears to be undercover doing missions. What can you say about that? Yes, I mean, we, the first season ends with a guy saying, "Okay, kill me or take me in." 
but he doesn't know what he's getting into it no he doesn't speak the language and now it's about becoming a spy you know we, we have to we have to get to the point where where he uh, is where he goes in this mission that, that Rogue One starts with so he has to become a, a real spy and he's gonna have to learn a lot uh, you are halfway through the season. Yes. I'm assuming you've read. Have you read all 12 scripts? Oh, of course. Right. So what? what well, not all 12. No. Yes, but yes. You know where it's all going. Yes, so everything. How? How? I think for a lot of fans, one of the reasons why Andor is so spectacular is the writing. The writing is just on another level. Can you talk about the the writing of season two and what has impressed you or made you really happy? It, it takes. Uh, it takes risks, you know. We're not repeating what happened in season one. Uh, structurally, it has changed, you know. Now we each block is a year, and then there's a there's a jump, you know, between each block. Sure. Yeah, and there's a lot that you'll see and a lot that you won't see, and uh, and it's quite interesting, you know. It's risky, uh, and it's going to be challenging uh, for audiences in a good way. Uh, Tony. Tony keeps raising the bar, you know, uh, and and that's the beautiful thing of working with someone that uh, cares so much about what he does. Uh, I would say that uh, it brings the best out of everyone around, you know, uh, when with good writing, everything starts with the writing and with good writing, you can just get great people, great ideas and then a beautiful process. Uh, it's been fun. It's just sad every day, you know, because, you know, it's one one day less you know of of this journey that has been fantastic um anyway yeah i, I have to wrap with you but right before you go yes uh, what's it been like working with k2 again <laughs> what excuse me what was that question i think it has to do with a, a robot friend I, but uh, i don't know what you're talking about i <laughs> I mean, I think you're in the wrong, the wrong press line. Sure. You're talking about. Uh, I mean, tell me where, where, the, where are you getting your information from? I, Mr. Gilroy actually told me he said that you were going to talk all about K2 in uh, Andor season two. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking I'm joking, about. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm going to pass you this. But I, you know? I'm not holding that. Uh, <laughs> well, you had it. There's your touchy feeling, uh, Diego Luna and your wife. At Sirius XM Radio's uh, uh, description of season two. Um, <laughs> so, a lot of people are speculating about the last episode of Mandalorian. Yes, I wanted to do this tonight. I'm glad you went. You went here. All right, so let's go. What's your speculation? What's your okay. theories? What's my theories? All right, so I think we're gonna get um, a uh, a look at who the, the the second spy is. Of course. I think we're, we're going to see that, okay? I think we are we're going to have to see a Thrawn. He's going to come on. Post-credit? I don't know if it's going to be post-credit or at the end of the episode. There's going to be... It's, this, 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 this series dovetails right into the Ahsoka series, which is going to be all about him. Um, so either we're going to get an Ezra or we're going to get a Thrawn or we're going to get both, um, which makes perfect sense to me. Uh, what else are we going to see? Uh, we didn't even talk about um, um, uh, Grogu and fucking IG-11, which I thought was hilarious. Yes. As a parent, I popped. Hilarious. With the, yes, yes, no, 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 yes, yo, no, no. Yeah. I was dying. It's like when your toddler learns how to speak, they, they learn two words. Those are the two words. Um, 
I think we're gonna we're gonna see the payoff of the the the, the John Cena medallion that um the armorer gave to Grogu. He's gonna take some kind of fucking blaster fire to the chest and and Din's gonna go berserk because he thinks he's gonna be dead and out, out and and then he's gonna roll him over and he's like man man and he's like do 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 the spinner because we saw that earlier and kind of fell off and disappeared. Um, I don't think we see Luke again. Maybe we see Ahsoka. Mm. We're gonna have to see something happen between Mando and Moff Gideon because he's captured by him right now. I did that doubt they're gonna finish this season off with him captured. They might, but do you think he's gonna weird. die? No, I don't think he's gonna die. No way, not now. Um, I don't know. What else? What do you think? I think uh, someone's gonna come in for the hot tag, and his name is Boba Fett. Boba Fett. So I think he's bringing Boba back. Yeah, Boba's coming okay. in for that hot tag. Um, I think uh, I don't think Mando's gonna die. Um, uh, let's see. But his helmet's gonna fall off again. He's like, "Fuck! I gotta go swimming again." Yeah, right. Um, the Mythosaur may make an appearance since they're on Mandalore. Um. Jumps up to bite fucking Moff Gideon. Yeah, right. <laughs> Moff Gideon fucking blows him up from inside. Fuck your couch, missile. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'll tell you what I do know that I'm excited. I heard the runtime's 38 minutes, which is like, ugh. but allegedly I heard that seven and eight was one episode, and they broke it out into two, and made it a little longer on each end. It was supposed to be one long episode. So I'm taking a guess they're gonna. Taking a guess that they added more meat to the bone for a reason, but I think they're. I agree with you. I think it's helmets coming off again. I think. I think John Claude uh, Moff Gideon is taking it off on purpose. Um, to apostate him. Yeah. But now Paz Vizsla's not around. He can't be like apostate. By the way, he went out like a fucking G. Dude, those Praetorian guards are no joke, man. Finally. How great was that shot when he's shooting everybody and his gun's overheating and he just took it and started ramming motherfuckers with it. It was great. Yeah, work the gimmick, brother. Work the gimmick. Um, but you know what? Besides us, let's go to the professionals uh, regarding this episode. Giancarlo Esposito promises a surprising conclusion to Mandalorian Season 3. Play the clip, Doc. Sir, uh, all of us at Collider are big fans of your work. I just want to say thank you for everything you do. Well, thank you. Appreciate um, it. So episode seven, which we got to see some of earlier today, uh, it seems like seven and eight are going to be big um, uh, things for your character and the storyline of Mandalorian. Uh, what do you want to tease fans about what they can look forward to? Oh, well, you know, they can look forward to Moff Gideon sort of making, taking huge steps to enact um, what he wants to accomplish. And so you might be able to see Beyond the Veil and really get an idea. I mean, we haven't really seen what he really wants. He wants the child. You get an idea. Maybe he wants to experiment. Maybe he wants to do other things. But you'll start to get with the science and of, of Moff's brain. Yeah. And so hopefully, you know, you're going to enjoy what he's cooked up and what he's thinking about. Uh, what do you think fans will be saying when episode eight ends? <laughs> Holy <laughs> Holy! <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be quite a surprise to to many of the fans. Like, 
what what really is happening. You know, you, know, you see a little teaser today. Moff Gideon's very democratic. He's you know he's with the council trying to bring people together. You see you know Ron thrown out there you know in a way that could relate to other shows or possibly, but he's not with us. And so you see people, you know, relying on and trying to figure out, you know, who is going to be that all-powerful leader. And uh, right now you got Moff Gideon, who's in the mix. You know, he's back. He's back after having been, you know, um, shuttered for a little bit. He's, you know, obviously escaped and obviously has ideas. Um, how to divide and conquer. Uh, my last thing for you. Uh, what do you think would surprise fans of The Mandalorian to learn about the making of The Mandalorian? I love that she Well, they may be surprised to learn that I do all my own stunts. How about that? You know, um, you know, I love physical action. And I love, you know, kind of the, the dance of the fight. And so they might be surprised to know that every frame of what I do in Mandalorian is me. That's actually really cool. Um, on that note, I got to let you go because I have a two-question limit, but I asked three. So I'm just going to say thank you so much. I really can't wait to see where it goes. My pleasure. Thank you, for real. I'll be excited, amazed, enthused, in wonder, and enchantment. Well, there you have it. Your grandmother's favorite actor says uh, that we're all going to be uh very surprised with the conclusion of the episode it's, he says it's going to be a surprise to many fans um that's a good thing could be a bad thing um i think one it's of the do not nothing but nothing but good things i hope so they need it um rick from Ayua, aka fujiwa armbar uh teases that season 3 finale is building towards something. Oh, uh, we know what it's building to. It's building to the movie. That has been earned for three seasons. Play the clip. I'm curious. Uh, what do you think fans will be saying when episode eight ends? Oh, man. Um, I, I hope that it's, it's just a feeling of you know that things have culminated in a, in a great way um I, I but who knows i mean i i just i'm just excited for it to be out there i feel like we're building towards something that's really um that's really been earned over three seasons and so um i'm just looking forward to whatever that reaction is <laughs> very diplomatic answer so i might have heard that the mandalorian season four starts filming uh this year and i'm just curious if uh, you want to comment on that <laughs> i mean look well we i don't think it's a secret that the day i mean that that john has uh is is excited about continuing to tell stories he's he's written season four and i i, I don't know i'd be shocked if that <laughs> if they just stopped making them <laughs> at this point but yeah I, I mean i think just the way that that the shows come together and the process around the shows um i know that they're they're deep into to starting the the, the prep and, and, and the pre-production process on the show now exactly when it goes to lens and things start to to shoot i don't i don't know but i but i know are you, is that you being covert or you really don't know no 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 i really i really don't know you know um because it's a it's a whole machine how these things come together and obviously there are a lot of shows 
that are that are also being created at the same time and so the exact date of production I, I don't know but I know that it's obviously in the works and, and things are are coming together and, and it's usual way in terms of the team coming together at this point so yeah my last thing for you um, so obviously Thrawn and other characters that have never been depicted in live action are coming what what do you want to tease people about Thrawn because obviously look you've seen footage whether it be Ahsoka whether it be he showing up in episode 8 I don't know but what do you I, I don't know have you seen have you seen Thrawn anywhere I don't <laughs> I, I think I think I think you, I think you might have seen footage uh, behind the scenes of, of Ahsoka or you know what I mean what do you want to I mean you know I, I you know I've not seen him yet <laughs> there's some people I mean, there's some people here who might have saw some things but you know I don't know there's Look, I'm not going to be the one, right? I'm not going to be the one. Dave's having a great day. <laughs> He's going to be here. He's going to be somewhere soon. Put that put that on him. But um, no, I mean, look, I think Dave has created obviously a world of characters uh, that that started with the animated series and, and have made their way into the show, uh, starting with Ahsoka. And so it would not be a great surprise, obviously, um, if this was all building towards another great reveal like that. And so I think, uh, um, you know, so Dave, uh, Dave's vision is, is obviously has its imprint on, on Mandalorian and, and clearly as Ahsoka starts to come together and we learn more, we will, uh, you know, we will see more about what his plans are. Okay. You heard what uh, Prince Nana's stunt double had to say. Uh, <laughs> Dude, they look so much alike. It's not even funny. It's not because they're black either. They just look alike. It's, it's I think great. That's, I think that's a little racist, but okay, keep going. No, it's not, dude. How dare you? Fucking guy. Anyway, um, the Mandalorian director confirms that Pedro Pascal is not the Mandalorian anymore. He says, who is the Mandalorian at this point? And so I think it could be anyone. And I think that that's what they're trying to define in many ways. Is what does that mean to be a Mandalorian? That article was such clickbait. It was like, oh, oh fuck yes. It was like, oh well, is he not in the suit anymore? Is that what's going on? Is it just you know John Wade's grandson and this other dude? And then it's like, oh no, well you know, physiologically, is you know, I guess it could be Bo Katan or it could be anybody. I'm like, oh shut up. Dave Filoni says that we're going to be cheering. Over the Mandalorian season three, play the clip, Doc. How are you doing, sir? Good. You know, a little jet lag, but all right, all right. I, I am very familiar. Um, <laughs> yeah. A few quick questions. Uh, I am curious. What do you think fans will be thinking, or what do you think their reaction is going to be as episode eight of the Mandalorian ends of season three? That's an interesting question. I mean, uh, I have such boring answers sometimes, right? I hope they really enjoyed it. You know? I mean, I think they'll have a lot to think about. They'll have a lot to take in. And I think with any good ending, you know, there's the moment you're in it where you're cheering and you feel satisfied. But then there is a little bit after that where you think back at all the things that happened and maybe you start to put them together in a different way and you realize it's an ending, but there are other things happening out there in the galaxy that now you know more about. And you might learn a little bit more about this weekend, depending on what panel you go to. So, you know, we'll have to see. But yeah, I just hope, you know, the fans have been so Ahsoka. great. You're right. Maybe that's about, but the fans have been so great to me and John and, and the, you know, 
his creation of the Mandalorian is so unique and special. Uh, I hope they feel really good about it. I hope it's a they're all cheering and and uh, excited for the outcome, whatever that may be. So I'll admit that I'm I'm so excited about these new movies, but I am a little bit. And as as a fan, I was in the room. I was a little bit confused as to like exactly what your movie is. Mm, yeah. So what can you tell people about what your movie is? Very little, of course, very little. I mean, I think that the, the way I've been describing it is, I think if you grew up when I did, uh, you know, you're aware of the post Return of the Jedi era that kind of was presented to me like the new republic is not a new idea that's not something mandalorian created that's an old idea it's been around a long time there are just things in star wars that we all seem to know if we've been around it a long time there have been a lot of tremendous creatives over the years that have been telling stories in the era that you know spans the 30 years that now ends up at force awakens but there's a large gap of time there uh, so there is a story to be told you know, the New Republic just just sit there idly in happy days for all that time, obviously, because things aren't that great when we begin uh, with The Force Awakens. So John and I looked at that time period, and when he knew he wanted The Mandalorian in it, one of the things that I told him early on was, well, I have this epilogue in Star Wars Rebels that's kind of dealing with that time period, um, which, you know, as you've seen at the end with Sabine and Ahsoka going off. So a lot of those threads start to come together and then I look at the bigger body of work that's been done and what's relevant and uh, a story will emerge out of that. So, Can I just ask you, who is writing this? Are you writing the script? Who's who's doing it? I'm not going to say much about that, but I will be involved in the writing for sure. Yeah, for sure. I've heard rumblings that perhaps The Mandalorian Season 4 could be filming later this year. Is, oh. that, is that true? I'm trying to be fair here without giving anything away. I would say, you know, John said he wrote it all. I'm, I'm not my words, his words. So that I'm going to say that, in trouble. I'm going to say that I I'm I'm willing to place a large wager. It's filming later this year. And would I lose money? It's interesting. You know, it's a, I would say there. I'm going to say this and feel bad about it. But it's like I would say that's a that's a better wager right now. Maybe on more solid ground than if my Penguins are going to make the playoffs because we only have three games left. We're one point behind. We got to win out. That's going to be tough. But I believe in the boys. I think they can get it done. So we'll see. I mean, maybe if the Penguins make the playoffs, my answers will get better. So we all, we all have that to look forward to. So you heard what Cowboy Dave had to say, man. We're going to be cheering like a, like a, like, like Joey Teller in his sync concert. <laughs> I have to. Uh, I have to find all these clips. I, I just they're part of the. They're underneath the I, article. I know. I know. I know. We're good to go. Um. So, I mean, everyone has their take. No one's spilling the beans, which is great. But I like all these theories. But you know what happens, Doc? All these theories are coming out, and sometimes the speculation becomes bigger and better than the payoff. Like he did yeah. with the sequel trilogies, and then we just set ourselves to fail. People are saying, and this was a good, re good, good situation when they called out Gideon. The Shadow Council was great in the beginning. From the after, you know, only person missing from there was Ray Sloan. Um, but so uh, Hux's father, yes, who's really his who was brother, play, who was played by his brother, which is awesome. Yes, I love shit like that. Yeah, we had what's his name, the dude with the mustache. Uh, that his name. Commander starts with a P. Uh, he's Bert, Bert right Reynolds. <laughs> Right-hand man. Um, actually, Pedro Pascal should play Burt Reynolds in a biopic, but that's another story. That would be, that would be great. Um, 
Somebody said to me that Pedro Pascal should play Eddie Guerrero in Eddie Guerrero biopic. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. Mm, right? I can definitely see that. Um, or we can get Dominic Mysterio to play Eddie Guerrero in a dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm your poppy. So, uh, one of my favorite angles of wrestling. The, um, the theories that are coming out are, are wild. And one of them being that what is Moff Gideon trying to clone? What's, what's he trying to do with Grogu's blood and this, that, and the other? If uh, Hux's dad is the one who's doing Project Necromancer. So what's he trying to do? Someone said he's trying to bring back Maul. Because he's a Maul DeLorean. He's a, with the horns and everything. He's loyal to Maul. Now what if Maul does come back? Would you pop? Oh, dude. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine if that's the secret at the end of the fucking episode uh, 2024 or whatever the fuck it is? I'd be like... Mind blown, mind blown, Jeff. You why you, you watch it and you see fucking Ray Park look in the camera and be like, I hate my fucking wife. <laughs> you cunt. <laughs> Wait, um, he, he comes out of the chamber, he's like, Where's my wife? Uh but yeah, with the doors, right? Remember how he's walking yep. through the temple or through his bases, those those raid doors? Yeah. Oh, uh, could could that be a little tip off to the whole thing there? I don't know, man. I don't know, but do you really want to see Mole come back again? Dude. If they if they clone Maul younger, newer, with no Lieutenant Dan legs, I think that would be fucking amazing. I think. But no force great. powers. Um. He, oh. Well, I know he would have that force powers because they're trying to you know up the M count, right? But then wouldn't his body just give out on him like like the Snoke bodies, the husks, and? Well, he needs force powers. That's what I'm saying. But I'm saying like, how many times are you gonna clone him over? Uh, and if they do that shit. And if they do that for Maul, doesn't that lessen the cloning thing for Palpatine? Yeah, fuck Palpatine at this point. They're trying to connect it, man. All roads lead to the sequel trilogy, unfortunately. Do, do, do you think it's going to be Palpatine, the, the clone of Palpatine in the fucking end? Because that would really suck. No, I don't think so. I, I, I definitely don't think so. I think it's too early. Um, be like, wah, 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 wah. Uh, Genevieve O'Reilly, who made a cameo in the Ahsoka trailer. Oh, what if it's Obi-Wan they clone? Yeah. Hello there. That'd be great. <laughs> an, evil, an evil Obi-Wan? <laughs> Jorah Seabuff? Um, oh, you, said, see, you saw how, uh, by the way, sorry, how um, in the Ahsoka trailer she meant she, she fucking name drops heir, heir to the Empire? Yeah, I, I love that. I love that. Uh, Genevieve O'Reilly teases a grittier... Andor 2 season, which coincides with what uh, Diego Luna said earlier. But Jonas Sotanamo, who played Chewbacca in the sequel trilogy and took the range from Peter Mayhew, may he rest in peace, is playing a Wookiee Jedi in... Uh, Acolyte, right? Acolyte. They asked him about it, and he said he's very excited to be playing a Wookiee Jedi. Uh, he says... Uh, Leslie Hedlund is a genius uh, with her direction. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. G, G word all over the place for no yeah. reason. They, they dropped the G word, but he can't find the G spot. Hey, uh, so, I mean, what do, you, what do you take? Would you like to see a kick-ass 
Actually, you know, we've seen Wookiee Jedi's before. I think it would be pretty cool. I mean, we've seen it not live action, obviously, but I, I think it would be a great species to get inside there. And he's, you know, as the face of Chewbacca, the perfect person to do it. We'll play the clip. Let's see what he has to say. You are uh, going to be playing the first Wookiee Jedi Master, which is effing awesome. What was it like actually getting that phone call? Um, and what? Let's start with that. Well, my agent asked me, would you be willing to play another Wookiee? And I said, yeah. <laughs> uh, and when I learned that it was going to possibly going to be uh, a Jedi Wookiee, a Wookiee Jedi, uh, I was so excited. Uh, I've always loved uh, the Jedi. I didn't know I was going to get have a chance of uh, uh, playing one. And this opportunity with Leslie Headland's genius direction, uh, just uh, I was so grateful. And I'm so grateful to being part of this because uh, this uh, new era where, where we're delving into where the uh, uh, it's uh, uh, my favorite part about it is, is there's lots of Jedi around and uh, and that's that's the, that was that was my my biggest pull into the prequel movies when I was a kid but I knew there was going to be Jedi around and uh, and uh, I can't wait to uh, uh, see uh, the finish uh, I can't wait to share it with the world when it's done what do you think, what has surprised you about the tone and the writing of this series and how it compares to the other Star Wars that has come before it? Well, I think the part of it is this is a, like a mystery thriller type of thing. So there are lots of uh, uh, little uh, things that differentiate the tone of this film, uh, this series from, from uh, uh, earlier stuff. And that's the mystery, uh, exciting part of it for me. And uh, that's going to be very uh, interesting when it unfolds to people. And uh, I think they're going to enjoy it. So, as we heard, he said what he said, coincided with what we said. He said uh, what he said. <laughs> he said what he said, and he, that's it. Um, but, you know, we'll wait and see. Hopefully it's not freaking a woke. A wokey? Uh, a, a, woke, a woke Wookiee who is a vegan. <laughs> a Wookiee. A Wookiee. There we go. He's not eating, he's not eating any, any porgs. Now, did you notice that the Dark Jedis uh, had orange lightsabers? They did. They were purposely in between red and kind of yellowish over there. And no white center like, like the regular lightsabers. Mm -hmm. Do you think they're using fake kyber crystals? Uh, it's possible. I didn't think about that. I just think that they were potentially like, you know, having us misdirected as to what these guys are and where they are. You know, obviously, if they have red lightsabers, we know what they're going to be. Obviously, if they have blue lightsabers, we know they're going to potentially be. But if they have this kind of in-between color that we haven't seen yet, who the fuck knows what they're going to be? Well, who knows? Filoni gave us an answer about the new orange blades, and he said... I made it. I made it a little bit more orange. That's really good eye. You're the first person to catch that. He's talking to a reporter. Um, that was very intentional. I didn't make them just as just as stark red. I remember as a kid that Vader's lightsaber kind of fluctuated from visual effects to being a little bit more orange. I didn't want to go straight up orange, but it's identifying a little bit of something to kids that they might not straight up be what you think they are in the beginning. If it's good to it's good you caught that. Nothing is accidental. Lightsabers have always had a significance in the Star Wars franchise, with each color having a different meaning. Red has always been associated with the dark side of the force. While the new additions to Ahsoka's villains line up wield orange lightsabers, it's something that is yet to be revealed. 
But Filoni has made it clear that there is a reason for it. Most likely, it suggests that Balon and Shin are not fully aligned in the ways of the Sith. Could it have swapping sides during the show? Now, here's something. Balin and Shin, their last names are two Viking wolves from Viking mythology. It's Balin Skull, S-K-O-L-L, like the dip, and Sith something or other. I forgot the last name. But supposedly they are two wolves that changed that chased the moon and the sun in the mythology of uh, Nordic mythology. Not that fake Nordic Kate Lothbrook, but real Nordic <laughs> mythology. Um, where it leads to Ragnarok and the destruction of the world and everything resets. So do you think that may have some kind of bearing to time travel, the world between worlds, some kind of reset? in this timeline or adventure to a new timeline like the old stuff the old um rumors we're talking about uh, it's possible i guess um uh i don't know enough about you know Cade lothbrook's um mythology to actually comment on what it is but um i'm curious you know i, I really hope you know what you said before about the whole wokeness thing really is that doesn't really put a damper on the series because just from the visuals that we saw initially from this trailer well, that was that was for the acolyte not for no this is wait this is ahsoka or the acolyte i'm talking about ahsoka dude these guys are in ahsoka Jesus Christ. Welcome to yeah. Star Wars. Well, yes. My bad. Ray Stevenson. Bad. Ray Stevenson. Yes. Oh, you're right. My bad. My bad. These guys are. So you're right. All right. Sorry, I got my trailers mixed up. Sorry. 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 Um, yeah. Then if that's the case, then for sure, this sounds like this is going to be, uh, you know, the bridge between the world between worlds. And we're going to see something happen with a timeline shift or fucking movement or jump or some bullshit, um, which makes sense, which I think these guys are all, you know, super, super hard for. So I heard rumors. I heard these rumors. I heard okay. that Balon is a survivor of Order 66 with his Padawan Shin. Okay, makes sense. Who loses faith in the Jedi way. Okay, I can buy it. I heard another rumor that he is a Jedi from the High Republic. Which is from like is millions of years ago? 200 something years ago, which makes no sense unless he's stuck in the world between worlds and comes out when Ahsoka gets in there. Mm-hmm. You never Possible. know. Drags him out with him. I thought he was a Jedi and that Balon was like his Sith name before everything got revealed. And I thought he was Rail Avaros. Rail Avaros is Count Dooku's, Count Dooku's first Padawan be, before Qui-Gon. He's in the books, in the canon books. He's a, he's a badass. He's a drinker. He's a womanizer. And he has a thing for protecting young girls because oh. he he had a young padawan that got bit by something that made her go berserk he had to kill her and that never left him he had ptsd because of it and the jedi council sent him to a planet to be the protector of this little girl who's the queen of the of the planet so he ended up like growing an attachment to her not a, like a catholic preach type of attachment but God. but almost like a father figure like he was looking after her like a like a like a kid so I said, ah, oh, I could see this guy with his apprentice, you know, yeah, being that I, way. I, 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 I but I, 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 don't, I, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. That's like deep cut shit. I don't think it is. But anyway. But still, I mean, you know, you know, Filoni loves that shit. Actually, Ray Stevens and uh, said something. He kind of gives insight on Ahsoka's orange saber uh, wielding villains. And he says, 
Maybe he's unique, some catalyst that upsets the apple cart, that sparks off and fires, yet is meandering through oh meandering through me- meandering. Meandering through a journey that is colliding uh, colliding and causing reactions. These layers for an actor to be given. Do we really need to know yet? It's more about the journey, isn't it? Are there sometimes uh, like uh, and they I'm sorry, and they are sometimes like catalysts. They're thrown into this thing as a catalyst, and the reaction that comes out is in an effervescent spectacle. Or then there's another uh, meandering. Where is this guy? What's going on? What's their mission? Are they working for them? Not really. What's driving them is the exciting thing about playing this character. It's not one or the other. When you see Balon, actually, you get to meet Thrawn. You wonder if this is the first time or last time they meet. What's going on again? Hang on. What's the dynamic here? That's another thing that the fans will discover. And if you want to hear a non-butchered rendition of what he said, Doc, play the clip. I defer to Dave Filoni. Nothing's what it seems. You think he's a bad guy? You think he's a good guy? Nothing is what it seems. Maybe something Maybe. unique, some catalyst that upsets the apple cart, that sparks off and fires, and yet is meandering a journey that is colliding and colliding and causing reactions. So these layers for an actor to be given, is that do we really need to know yet? It's more about the journey, isn't it? What do you think, Doc? I mean, you hear what Ray Stevenson's had to say, one of the Punishers, great actor. Yep. I'm looking forward to him in the series. So uh, he said a lot of big words. I think he's getting paid by the amount of big words that he actually said because uh, it was a lot of fucking shit there that you know may be kind of smoke and mirrors and just random thoughts off the top of his head because none of it really made that a ton of sense. But uh, okay, um, he did a lot of meandering, which is great. I love to meander, especially on the weekends. Just the name um, of the episode, meandering. Meandering through the streets, um, but uh, you know these guys can't give give anything away. They're, they decide all these fucking NDAs and I'll talk a lick about this shit. So, and I don't trust the word any of them say anyway. So it's completely fucking irrelevant. But I'm curious to see what happens with him. Like I said, I think he's a, a really great actor um, who has a lot of uh, a lot to offer the Star Wars universe. Bring it on, kid. Yes, indeedy. Um, I you read graffiti on the bus, my name blast, or through the looking glass, or I had to let her pass. Uh, Lucasfilm, the boss, Kathleen Kennedy, claims Kevin Feige's Star Wars project was never developed. It was all hearsay through the media, mm. and which is total bullshit because the Star Wars website came out and said that he'd be producing a movie and they played back the video clip on many youtube shows and they had the guy who wrote loki say come out and tell the trades that he's writing a movie for star wars which is kevin feige's movie so it's, shit it's really funny how she like pretends that these things didn't fucking happen that are all over the fucking internet that we're all supposed to be like oh yeah no problem kathleen yeah yeah we understand fuck out of totally. here fucking totally hit the fan Totally shit the pot, too. She, she's got to come out and say, listen, we made a lot of promises to a lot of people. Things aren't aligned with what we do, you know, and as a company, we're rescinding whatever offers we put out there to the people who we don't think would be good for the franchise. Done. Over. Put it to sleep. So there was an article that came out saying Disney can't lean into nostalgia for the next Star Wars movies. 
and they have to go fresh. What's your take? Fresh, I fresh mean, from what? I mean, obviously, uh, in these three movies they announced, you know, one of them is going to be the sequel trilogy uh, characters, kind of at least one of them returning. Is that nostalgic enough for you? I don't know. Um, we know they're doing that 25 million years in the in the past movie, which is going to have nothing that we're ever going to see before. Um, and probably relate characters that we have no idea who they are. So, okay, great. And then um, whatever the other one is going to be. I heard High Republic. I heard um, Knights of the Old Republic, right? Dude, that was going to kind of kicked around in that same time frame. I think they're really making a mistake by not leaning into nostalgia. Um, we're seeing how the Boba Fett things did. We're seeing how the Kenobi things did. They need to do them properly to get us all excited about these characters again. And I think there's plenty of room in the whole Star Wars for everybody. I mean, for new stuff, for old stuff, for the rehashing of stuff, the redoing of some stuff. Um, just fucking get it done. They should have like multiple different houses where like, you know, okay, you guys are going to work on the OG stuff. You guys are going to work on the sequel stuff. You guys are going to work on the fucking brand new shit over here. And then we'll have some, you know, shit in between. But well, I the good thing is they broke some separation they, between church and state. I get it. The good thing is they broke everything out in timeline on the timeline. You have the old Republic era. You have the dawn of the Jedi. Then they have the old Republic era. Then they have the new Republic era. Then they have uh, whatever rise of the of the Empire. And then they have, you know, Fall of the Empire, Rise of uh, the Rebels or whatever, you know, which is the OT trilogy. Then they have the Mandalverse era. Then they have um, the sequel trilogy era and then beyond. They're called the New Jedi Order era. So it's kind of interesting how they broke it down, try to make chicken salad the chicken shit. Hopefully this happens uh, and, it, and they execute it properly because this IP needs it, man. This IP definitely needs some needs, some needs consistency. That. Because the only thing that's been consistent is that people getting fired left and right when they don't play ball with Kathleen Kennedy. And I think it's like up to 11 or 12 directors and people in total who've been fired over projects for this, which is ridiculous. Ain't that the uh, truth? Johnson's thing is scrapped. The uh, trilogy, Rain Johnson's uh, trilogy, is gone. Um, Young Jedi Adventures are dropping on May 4th. Yep. I saw a little minute intervals. On YouTube with the kids, it's a nice little cutie yeah. thing that your kids would yeah. enjoy. My kids are very excited about it. We've already Vision. watched like you know whatever uh, you know little teaser trailer they had on that. So did, did your wife see it too? She did. She was excited. So about when it. she when she when she saw the character Nubs, did she look at you and be like, "Yo, they stole your name"? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, babe, how they know? <laughs> Vision two, season two is coming out on uh, May fourth as well. I should probably finish season one first. Yeah, Fen Rao. Allegedly to appear in season three of Mando. Fen Rao is a Fen Rao, he's the character in Rebels. He was a Mandalorian. The guy oh. who plays him in the Mandalorian and the Rebels, supposedly playing him in Mando. Maybe he'll come to the rescue of Boba. They love that uh, shit. Time travel in Ahsoka might be playing a big role. We've mentioned something about that. You gotta be careful with that stuff though. It gets a little fucking uh, gets a little convoluted after a little bit. It does. It definitely does. Um you don't want to do. You don't want to harp on time travel because then you can still be divisive with your fan base because those who liked it, the old version, may not come back because they'll get pissed off, and that may not outweigh the new version, uh, the new fan base that may come because they got their way. Who knows? Mm. It's a uh, it's hit or miss. Um, there's a new character confirmed, um, actor Mark Rolston, R O L S T O N. 
He's confirmed that he was cast in Ahsoka, but doesn't say which character. Um, he signed some kid's fucking poster for Ahsoka. Uh, and he signed it as Capital Hale. That's Capital the Hale? Capital. Oh, I'm sorry. 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 Captain. Captain Hale. H-A-L-E. Who is he? What role is he playing in Ahsoka? Is he not, is he working with his uh, throne? If is he not, who knows? Um, but it's very interesting. Well, it'll so, be like it'll be like Ice Cube's son. There's nothing up there. Yeah. <laughs> so excited! I did nothing. O'Shea Jackson Jr. Ooh. So Doc, guess what? What? You just made the list. Oh, I knew you were gonna say that. You just made the list. Did you? I did. Again, so, I'm on the list. Great. Um, what do we got here? What do we got here? Let's see. Let me explain to the fans, first-time fans, what it is. We do a segment called You Just Made the List where we find lists on the interwebs. And uh, we see whether the lists are awesome or they're skata, basura, garbage. Okay, and we bring it to your attention. So. I got one. Go ahead. Eight Star Wars theories that change the OT, the original trilogy. Let's see. Okay. okay, number eight. R2-D2 is the narrator of the Star Wars saga. Uh, he'd be the one who had the most first-hand account of what had happened. Theory gains credibility by coming from the maker himself that the idea of narrative changes in the context of the entire Star Wars universe. Okay, seven. The Emperor created the rebellion. Ooh, interesting. Given his tendency to stir things up and manipulate both sides of the conflict, it's entirely possible Emperor Palpatine created the rebellion. Um, Palpatine created the Rebel Alliance to control it, planning to crush the Rebels once and for all with the Death Star. However, his plans are undone. Han Solo was actually Force-sensitive, only on the tip of his penis, apparently. Um, though he didn't believe in the Force, when he met Luke Skywalker, evidence suggests that he was Force-sensitive all along. Incredible piloting skills uh, in the asteroid field in Empire Strikes Back. He relied on instinct and ignored the size or quantity. Oh, some of the... Your wife also ignores the size and quantity, Pop, right? Um, wow, wow. That was awesome. Oh. <laughs> wow. Uh, babe, babe, that's what you call a receipt in the business, kid. <laughs> receipt for the nubs, Joe. Got it. <laughs> uh, he may have been force sensitive without ever realizing. Oh, uh, yeah, I could buy that. Okay. Hell no. Boba Fett killed Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. We've talked about Hell this yes. times before. <laughs> um, Tarkin and Vader had the stormtroopers let Leia escape on the Death Star. Interesting. Yes, um, they, they put a tracker on it, and she yep. says it, which is weird because then why are you going to have it for? It's a plot hole. Exactly. Uh, but Admiral Oswald was a rebel spy sympathizer in The Empire Strikes Back. Um, he is clumsy as he is stupid, um, because he was a spy. They're, they're saying whatever. Leia had a stronger connection to the cosmic force than Luke. Okay, because she's a woman, of course. Um, and the Emperor planned to transfer his spirit to Luke in Return of the Jedi, which we talked about before. He wanted him to take it over. Join me! Um, and uh, Which makes perfect sense. Why wouldn't you want to dump your essence into this young, supple, new kid? Well, was the Emperor a priest? Hold on. Um, yeah. That's it. That was number one. Uh, not, not a good list. Yeah. Um... Let me see. Let me pick one. 
10 best moments of foreshadowing in Star Wars history. Let's see. Number nine. Uh, number 10. Number nine. Sorry, there's no number 10. Uh, Obi-Wan's Fate, Revenge of the Sith. Where uh, when they're on the when they're on the ship, uh, and he's being uh, when Anakin and Obi Wan's uh, rescue Palpatine towards the beginning, uh, Kenobi gets knocked out. He has to be carried. Palpatine implore, implores to Skywalker to leave his master behind, and uh, Anakin refuses. He tells the future. He told to his future master that Obi Wan's fate would be the same as their own. And the funny thing is. All three men died on the Death Star. Correct. Uh, let's along, see. Along with about seven zillion other people. Yeah, well, shit happens. Uh, Dark and the Light, Revenge of the Sith. Um, from the moment of Qui-Gon Jinn's death, it became a responsibility for Obi-Wan Kenobi to train Anakin. There was always going to be a point in the prequel trilogy when the two went separate ways. The brothers would have to become brothers no more in the build-up. Uh, let's see Anakin had been disillusioned with the Jedi Council for some time at the point Obi-Wan's mission to capture General Grievous and Utapah and in their final conversation before meeting again on Mustafar Anakin apologized to his master this was their beginning of the end and it was a very simple yet very effective foreshadowing of Anakin's turning to the dark side no more complex than merely standing in the dark as his two fit the two bid farewell to each other while we went stood in the light of the sun while Anakin was underneath the shadow. It's a little too artsy fartsy for me. Tobias Beckett's warning to Han Solo and Star Wars story about not trusting anybody. Okay. Predictive. Face down the entire Jedi Order, Last Jedi. It's exactly what he did at the end through his uh, force projection. I'm talking about Luke Skywalker. Yes. Uh, Luke's projection on crate, the last Jedi. How is this foreshadowing? Uh, say you saw, say what you say, uh, say what you like about the sequel trilogy on a whole, the last Jedi in particular, and its treatment of Luke Skywalker. Seeing the iconic Jedi face down the first order was awesome. Luke himself told the audience he was going to do it, but he kept it to himself that he would project himself across the galaxy. There was still enough teasing that could have been given this re the reveal away early, but fans would have. Had to look much harder for it, starting with the almost impossible to notice Luke's footprints on the surface of the crate had no effect in the sand. Then the fact that it was a matter of factly established that there was just one way in or out of the stronghold on crate with the resistance already inside and with the first order trying to bat batter down the door. It should have been obvious that when Luke showed his face, he wasn't really there. How could you have possibly gotten in? Finally, the is the question of his choice of lightsaber. Ever, even, ever, no. ever since losing the blue saber in Empire Strikes Back, Loot sporting his green saber, even throughout the Mandalorian and flashbacks, nearly murdering his own nephew, why then did he choose the blue lightsaber given back to him by Rey? Could this have been a hint that it wasn't the real Luke's... He wasn't sporting the usual green. Eh, horseshit. Yeah, well, uh, when, you, when you look at it, when you look back on it, it makes sense. Yeah. Can it, but, you, but you have to also realize something. That's because we know this force projection possibility. You can't say he's not there force projection because we didn't know they could force project. You know what I mean? Unless you're a yep. deep cut and you, and you realize they pulled that out of Legends, and that's only if you're a Legends nerd. You know what I mean? Yep. Number four, Kanan didn't prepare Ezra for Rebels. Um, let's see. 
The two share the deep connection among both heroes' voices. His own Ezra's claiming that Kanan didn't prepare him for this. Oh, about his death when he decided to sacrifice himself to save everybody. Okay, whatever. Jedi Knights can be killed. The Phantom Menace. Oh, when uh, Anakin was like, nobody can kill a Jedi. He goes, I wish that was true. And then he ends up biting the dust. Hell yeah. Number two, Luke saw himself in Darth in Darth Vader, The Empire Strikes Back, down in Dagobah, um, flying through the Dreadnought, The Last Jedi. Uh, earlier in the movie, General Organa uses the Force to re-enter the ship. She flew straight through a hologram of the Dreadnought in exactly the same way as Holdo would pilot through... Ah, uh, bullshit. All right. Yeah. Okay. Ten evilest Jedi in Star Wars. Number one. Sorry, number ten. Sarah Junda. That's from the uh, the video game. Fallen Order. The black chick. Ezra Bridger. Evil Jedi. What's going on here? Like Anakin Skywalker, Ezra Bridger began training older age. But he when to get access to Sith Holocron, received mentoring from Darth Maul. Led Ezra down a dark path where he mercilessly slaughtered his foes, betrayed his friends, and learned to use the dark side. Makes the canon Obi-Wan. Ezra didn't fall entirely. But he was no longer a Jedi or nor a Sith. Mace Windu is number eight. Ooh. Purple lightsaber, decapitations, all that good stuff. Barris Offie? Was she really, like, evil? Okay, that's fine. Well, she did. She's the one who, who betrayed Ahsoka and framed her for yep. the, the Jedi stuff. Correct. Uh, Asaj Ventris. Okay, I'll buy that one. Count Dooku, number five. Ben Solo, number four. You cocksucker. Three, Anakin Skywalker. Two, Taron Malikos. This is, again, from Fallen Order, another character. Um, he uh, is the epitome of Rogue Jedi, rel- relishing in the darkness found naturally on Dath of Mir. Um, and number one is General Pong Krell. You know that douchebag, the one that sacrificed Wait, all the... Hold uh, on a second. Anakin is number three? He, yeah. he wiped out the Jedi. <laughs> Killed he should fucking be number one. Kids. Killed the kids. Killed the young um, but this is the guy that uh, the guy who looks like yeah, Dexter, Krell, who, yep. who fucked yep. up the clones, was like sacrificing them all because they're all. Dude, I butter. love that story arc. That's it's awesome. It's so dark. Um, all right, let's see. Eight Star Wars. No, you said that. That changes. Uh, Ten evil shit. As you said that. Uh, Star Wars most brutal order sixty six deaths. Let's see. Number nine, Kiatamundi was shot by the Galactic Marines. Number seven, Plo Koon and Stas Ali crashed and burned. Who's Stas Ali? Is that the lady with the white tentacles? Yes. Jocasta Nu was killed in handcuffs. Ooh, kinky. Um, <laughs> let me get those cobwebs off the <laughs> first, girl. She didn't say the safe word. <laughs> Eeth Koth watched his baby be kidnapped. That's the uh, the long guy with the long neck with the fucking head. No, uh, so that's the horn dude. No? Eeth, oh, yeah, right. Eeth Koth, that's right. He's the horn guy. That's right. The other the guy horny. with the name. Uh, exactly. I can't remember what the other guy's name was. Ayala Sakura was shot in the back a lot. That, that's and the she, blue one. And she yeah, got she, murdered, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those, those back shots, that got her. Darius Offy was allegedly crushed by a tank. But that's not canon, I don't think so. Uh, Quinlan Voss was shot by a tank. That was not canon either. Um, and Jarok and Benny 
were stabbed in the throat by Anakin Skywalker. They were um, in the uh, hologram when when Anakin's fighting them. Yeah, in the hologram. Yeah, one of them happened. Turok and Turok and Benny. Yeah, one of them happened to be the the guy Nick. Whatever he was, the stunt coordinator. Good lord, Nick, good lord. All right. Anyway, Doc. You want to keep going? Yeah, that's right. All right. All right. I'll do do a fast one. Ten best Mandalorians. Ten Costco Reeves. Nine the armorer. I think she should be higher. Eight Pazvizla. He definitely goes to the list. Seven Grogu. We're calling Grogu Mandalorian now. Come on. Six Previsla. That's what happens when you get excited and when you meet a girl. You you Previsla. As opposed to what happens when you're done, you just Pazvizla. Five. Sabine Wren. When you when you blow your load and then you start smacking her with it after it overheats. <laughs> Four Django Fett. Three Bokatan. Two Dinjarin. And number one Mandalorian is Boba Fett. Of course. I agree with that. Awesome. All right. Anything you want to add? Nope. I think we are clear for takeoff. All right, let them know where they can find you at. You find me at Dr. Dr. Underscore Destroyo, D-E-S-T-R-R-O-Y-O Instagram, Alex Roy MD on the Insta- oh, no, on the Twitter, and sorry, and then Alex Royo on the Facebook. You can find me at Greek Papadon, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Demetrius Papadon on Facebook. Greek Papadon is the YouTube page. Subscribe, like, hit the notification bell. Pro Wrestling T slash Greek Papadon is my T-shirt shop at Pro Wrestling Tees. Go buy yourself with some dope T-shirts that were designed by Doc and Spiro. I was um, wearing mine on Thursday. Nice. My wife's like, my wife's like, you wearing, you wearing your boyfriend's face in your shirt? I was like, I designed this shirt. She goes, you're still wearing your boyfriend's face in your shirt. Listen, it's not gay. It's wrestling. Um, yeah. Where else? You can find us together at NFL underscore podcast on Twitter. New Force Order on Instagram. Official New Force Order. On Facebook, newforceorder at yahoo.com is the email address. Um, maybe we'll throw up an over next week. You guys can chime in on that. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you for giving us your time and your ears. Hopefully we entertained you. Um, hopefully we enlightened you. Most importantly, we did what we'd like to do. And let's get Star Wars more over with you. And not get ourselves more over on the expense of Star Wars. This has been another exciting edition of the... New Force Order for life. And that's just too sweet. The time has come. Execute Order NFO. My, my son's been watching like a maniac, a little one. He's like, he's like in love with her now. He walks around the house. He goes, dun, 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 dun. He's like, it's hilarious. And then, do me a favor, please get that on tape. I will record it. I gotta watch that. He walks around like all day long, does it. And then, and then yesterday, I was like, I got a surprise for you. He's like, oh, okay. I was like, remind me later to show because you at the park. I was like, remind me later. He's all right. Totally forgot to remind me. So he's like in bed about to fall asleep. And I pulled out the dark saber, the one I got from Disney. And I walk into the room and I ignite it. He's like, what is that? I was like, I'm the leader of Mandalore. He was like, let me see the dog. And now he will not put the thing down. He walks around the house with it consistently. And he's fucking threatening everybody. And then I'm the fucking thing. It's hilarious. He's like, <laughs> I'm the Mandalore.
<laughs> Take out your own trash, mom. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. hilarious. Oh, it's tremendous. That's awesome. As requested by Papa Don, here is my son Grayson singing the opening of The Mandalorian. Go. Yeah. <laughs>